Blog Talk Radio.
soldiers arrived and he was arrested. And it said, um, John um, chapter 17, it says, um, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, you know, before I start, it's just interesting reading over this, the difference between how Jesus prays and how sometimes everybody else in the world prays. And um, anyway, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, and your Son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is the eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They, are, they were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those who you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those who you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except for the son of destruction that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who, you, who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I and them, and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that with, with, 
that the love which with, with which you love me may be in them and I in them. And I thought it was interesting that a couple, the three, two or three different themes you have is being one with the Father, the Word of God being the truth, and the and the only thing that's true, and the love of the Father. Um, it seems like in today's time we pray for cars and um, whatever else we desire to have and. And Jesus, when he prays, he just prays that we're kept from the evil one. Prays that we're unified, that we become one with him, and that we know the truth. And that's what he prayed. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Anyway, our call at number 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything tonight, um, give us a call. Um, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com or visit us on our website, which is prayerinternational.org. Um, so we're going to take a really quick break, and then we'll be right back.
welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number uh, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, um, please give us a call. Um, you can always email us, prayerinternational at gmail.com, or go to our website, which is prayerinternational.org. Um, I have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about tonight or what the Holy Spirit's going to do, so um, let's pray. Father God, um, Lord, we honor you and ask that your name be glorified in this broadcast, Lord. Father, for the next two hours, take complete and total control over everything that happens, every word that is spoken. Father, your word says that you're, you said that your word will not return to you void, but it will accomplish that for which you sent it, Father. And you said that you will complete in us the work that you started until the day of Christ. Jesus, you said, um, if two or more of us are gathered in your name, that you're there in the midst. And you said, if we ask anything according to your will, that you'll do it. You also said that if we know that the Father hears us, we know that we have the petitions we ask of you, Lord. So, Father, tonight we come, Lord, interceding on behalf of the nations, Father. On behalf of the nations, on behalf of the rulers and the, king, and the kingdoms of this earth, Lord that the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth would be exalted and magnified among every nation, Lord, that the light of the gospel would go forth from one end of one corner of the earth to the other, Lord, so that all may hear it, Father. Father, your word declares in Habakkuk um, to write the vision and put it where everybody can read it. You know what? Let me, let me actually turn there because I don't want to screw up your scripture, God. Um, so just one second everybody Okay uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 It says I will stand my watch And set myself on the rampart And watch to see What he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will not it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. You know, um, one thing about that scripture is um, there's a lot of times we um, we get words from the Lord. Um, I know Paul's received words from the Lord through various different men of God. Um, all of us have, me, Paul, Chris. Um, words that have come from other um, people, words that have come from God himself. And it's rare, I would say, at least in my own experience, it's rare that the words... Of, that God gives as far as things that are to come in the future are ever anything that happens in the next 24 hours. Um, I think it's it's rare that the Lord has ever said something to me that was immediate. Um, I mean, there's always the day-to-day -day things that the Lord um, places on our hearts, but I'm talking about when it gives you a, a vision for the future and um, or gives you a um, small piece of the blueprint of the plans that he has for your life. Um, 
know, the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us, and the Bible says the Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And, you know, I think sometimes the Lord gives us words and to give us direction as far as where we're going to go. But he's never, he doesn't always give you every single immediate step because a lot of times we'll tend to try to do things on our own, um, try to get to places on our own when we never could. And um, we can end up messing things up that way. Um, and so the Lord only gives us bits and pieces and expects for us to trust in him and to have faith in him and to follow him and not fo- and not to be following the vision. Um, and more often than not, um, men and women of God will seek out the vision and not seek out the Father. Um, without that even being their intention, they'll get so caught up in the dreams of what the Lord has planned for them or the things that they um, are hoping and expecting to happen in their lives that it'll become their focus and they'll take their eyes off of the Father and put their eyes more on what they're what they're doing. You know, um when Jesus was at um was with Mary and Martha and Martha was up serving, trying to get all the work done, and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Um Martha complained, saying, Well she's not helping me do any work and Jesus like, Well she's chosen the good part, which was worshiping him. And so, you know, we always have to be mindful that when the Lord gives us things um, and he places um, dreams in your heart, it doesn't, just because it doesn't happen immediately and just because it doesn't happen the way that you would expect it to, you know, the Bible says his ways are higher than ours ways. He said, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Because the Lord sees an entire picture, an entire universe. The Lord looks at you and knows every hair on your head. He knows every atom that comprises your being. Um, he knows every step that's going to happen of the way. And there's a lot of things that we could never possibly comprehend as far as what's going to happen between now and some some point in the future. And so we need to continually trust him that even if we don't see things happening immediately, that we still trust that he's faithful to his word. You know, he gave Abraham a promise that through his seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But, you know, Abraham waited a very long time to the point that his body had become old. And back then they lived a very long time anyway. Um, His wife was past the age to give children, and he was still waiting and trusting in the Lord for this promise because he counted him faithful. Uh, you know, the Bible says when the Lord spoke to Abraham and gave him a promise, he said, go outside, look at the stars, and see if you can number them, so will your descendants be. And he had never had a child at the point. And, you know, he looked up and he's like, okay, God, I trust you. And it said it would count it to him for righteousness because he trusted the Lord. It says in Hebrews that those who come to the Lord must believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so, more or less, um, the Lord is always faithful concerning his promises. He's not. It's, the Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. And so when the Lord says, the Lord's spoken something to you, don't be discouraged. Um, the Bible says, um, do not grow weary in well-doing. Um, Paul said, do not cast away your confidence. Um, and just Hi, Sean. Yes, sir. Not to interrupt you. Um, as you 
go through. We yes. have a couple of people in the chat room that like what they would like is you're going through the scripture. Um, okay. The quote scripture. Now, I don't know whether everybody's going to be able to go to the Bible, you know, because you're going from uh, Genesis to Revelation to, you know, to Acts to, to Jeremiah, boom, 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 you know, uh, like a bunch of bumper cars. But if you can, just, you know, to best of your ability, as I explain to these people, you know, we're not your typical men that try to serve the Lord. You know, we're hardcore men that have had mind-blowing experiences that, that God just pulled us out of darkness into his royal priesthood, into his arms. So, you know, we're, we're not going to be sitting here, you know, um, just shoving doctrine and theology down their throat. We're just truly serving God to the best of our ability to help save souls. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I'll try to start going. I'll, I'll actually try to start quoting, like actually saying where these scriptures are. But that gives me – You're all right. That. Huh? That actually, it actually brings me up to something. Um, um, a lot of people in here, um, I don't know how many of the people who are listening, um, either live or on the archive, were around a year ago when we started this broadcast, what's been a year and a month now. Um, so we were. So I noticed in the chat room someone said something about life-changing experiences. And so, um, for all y'all listening, um, I'll tell you a story that goes along with pretty much what I was preaching or talking about, about faith and trusting the Lord for things. So, um, when I was a young, young, very young kid, around like six or seven or eight, something like that, um, my parents um, were Christians. They weren't, but they weren't the um, go to church every Sunday or every Wednesday Christians. They were the um, we'll go to church maybe every Easter possibly because it's the right thing to do. Um, they um, would listen. Sometimes they would watch um, preachers on television, but for the most part, that was it. I mean, my mother always talked about how if we didn't all act right, we wouldn't go to heaven, um, instilling the fear of God in us. Um, but it wasn't a really good work. I mean, it was no, <laughs> not back then. It didn't because there was no. There was just because because she hadn't at the time. She didn't understand that she really didn't understand the grace of God and forgiveness and salvation. It was still a lot. It was based on you have to do every step right, and if you screw up, you're going to hell. Um, but you know, back then, my parents weren't perfect. Nobody's parents were perfect, and. You know, times have changed a lot, and I have a foster child, and, you know, one of the things with having a foster child is one of the first things CPS tells you is no matter what they do, no matter what they say, you can't physically punish them whatsoever. No spanking, none of that. Back when I was a kid, if you did something wrong, your grandmother would go outside, get a a, a tree, a piece of wood off of the tree, yeah, and beat the crap out of you, and my parents had no doubt about doing that and well obviously I'm not as screwed up as I could have been so they did something right um, but one of our punishments back then um, me and my brother 
was we would have to sit in the corner or stand in the corner for very long periods of time. And so I'm seven or eight years old or something like that and don't really know anything about God except for um, my mom had gotten remarried and our, I guess, our stepdad at the time had a, um, every now and then we would ask him questions about the Bible and he would point out certain things, but not, not a lot. And um, I remember sitting in the corner one day and um, I would think I was there for a couple hours because of whatever I did, which was probably really bad. And I was completely bored out of my mind being a young kid, not having anything to do. And there was this big, huge family Bible. Not like the Bibles that we carry around the church, but like the um, the Bibles that weigh like 100 pounds and have the picture of Jesus on the front that you can barely lift. And um, so I grabbed this Bible and I'm sitting there and luckily they didn't, I would have gotten probably gotten in trouble because I wasn't supposed to be reading, but I was anyway. And so I noticed that looking back when I was a young kid, I always for some reason knew there was a God. I never, I mean, and I heard people talk about God, and I heard the name of Jesus, but I just knew there was a God, and um, so I'm just like flipping through this big family Bible and don't really know anything about anything, and I remember coming across one of the letters of Paul where he said, he talked about himself being called to the gospel, and it said, because we all know the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. And right after the word gospel, it had parentheses. And in the parentheses, it said, God offers sinful people eternal life. G-O-S-T-E-L. Never saw that again, ever again, after that day. Um, searched that Bible. I could never find it again. So I don't know if it was... A vision that God gave me back then But even back then when I didn't know anything about God God was still looking for me And he was still calling out to me And it wasn't until years And years and years later When I was in high school That there was this um, I was in high school And there was this girl named Jackie Surface Who I walked across And, um, and she, she was in the gym Reading her Bible And I thought it was the strangest thing I ever saw that this girl was in the gym reading her Bible. And it's like, what do you have that here for? And, but, you know, we talked and I ended up getting, actually um, giving my heart to Jesus. And like literally right after that, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and boom, everything changed. My whole life just completely morphed. And it's like, okay, I couldn't get enough of God. I couldn't get enough of his scripture, of his word, or anything else. And I was on fire, and I was excited, and I was going to church every chance I could get. Every minute the church doors were open, I was there. I didn't care what was going on. And almost immediately after that, not even a couple years later, I started having um, men and women and prophets of God give me words about my life, about things in the future. Um, one of them said I was going to be a prophet to the nations. Um, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. And I then wait a, couple week, wait a couple weeks, nothing happens. And I'm like, okay, God, what's up with this? And then wait some more time, nothing happens. God, what's going on with this? But then years later, 
I see that I went to Christ for the Nations and I interacted with people from all over the world. I have friends um, from multiple different countries who I've got to talk to and spend time on the phones with praying um, countless hours of the night, um, being on blog talk radio, um, praying with people and interceding and seeing people from every corner of this earth um, get saved and the multitudes of people who've gotten healed because they were listening to one of our broadcasts or they listened to an archive or um, whatever else. And so I can see the promises of God even even now, like 20 years later, getting fulfilled and things that are happening. And that's like only the start because there's no telling what the Lord's going to do later on. And I, I say all that to say is that, you know, just like in my life and in like Chris's life, we all get visions and we get words from the Lord or the Lord puts in your heart something that he wants you to do or something that you feel called to do. And usually a good sign of what you're called to do is what you feel led to do. And um, through the Holy Spirit, that is. <clears throat> but it's not always something that's going to happen immediately. And so sometimes, though you may not see things happening the way that you would normally write them out and plan it for yourself, it doesn't mean that God isn't working. It just means that sometimes he's working in the background to accomplish things that have to happen behind the scenes that you you wouldn't necessarily know about. Um there's things that the Lord has to develop in you. There's characters. Because, you know, when we get saved, I mean, we're saved, but, you know, we're still not, perf we're not, we're not perfected. We're not, we don't have the scriptures in us. We don't know, we don't have the relationship with God built up. We don't have faith built up from reading the scripture. We don't have, and there's a lot of character things that the Lord has to develop in us over time where we learn to trust in him. You know, the Bible says, um, um, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so the more time you spend in the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, reciting the Word of God, the more your faith is built up. But the day you get saved, um, it's not always like that because you don't really have any Word inside of you yet, which is why it's always important to constantly be in the Word, constantly being around Christians, constantly being in church. Um, because you're going to either hear, you're going to hear one or two things in this lifetime. You're going to hear the world, what the world wants to say, or you're going to hear what God wants to say. And you luckily, um, you have the choice to choose how you want to live your life. How much of God do you really want? Um, every day we make the choice. How much of God do we want today? When we have our extra time, who are we listening to? When a situation, a crisis comes up, are we listening to what the world says and believing them? Or do we turn immediately to scripture and start, um, seeing what the Word of God says about our situation and what God's character says about our situation and how he's responded in the past. Because, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I change not. The same the same words he gave us 2,000 years ago to the disciples are the same words that are still alive today. And so um, all that being said, trust the Lord. No matter what it is, I don't know who I'm talking to out there. Maybe it's just me I'm talking to, but um, whatever it is, if you've been trusting the Lord for something, keep trusting Him, keep believing Him, keep knowing that the Lord is on your side. I mean, the Bible says that I has not seen, and I'm doing this whole thing again where I'm not telling you what the scriptures are, so I'm gonna have to go through this later and like post them somewhere. Um, Corinthians, somewhere. Um, unfortunately, I don't know where um, off the top of my head. But it says, um, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man 
the things that God has prepared for those that love him. It says in Jeremiah 33.3, see, I know that one. It says, um, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not of. And the funny thing is the only requirement to that is to call upon him. That's it. It's not run a mile, uh, memorize tons of scriptures, uh, make sure you're perfect every day. It's just call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not of. The scripture in Corinthians, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man. Jeremiah 33, 3 um, is where that um, scripture about um, that scripture comes from. Um, but you know, the scripture in Corinthians about I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. There's no requirements on that. There's no do this, do that, do that, do this. this. It's just pretty much, okay, this is what God wants. This is what God said. He's going to bless you. He has a plan to bless you. And he has things prepared for you. And the height of your expectation, the height of your ability to imagine the things that God has prepared for you, don't come close to the reality of what God has prepared for you, for those that love him. Um I think a lot of times we 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 cut God really short in the fact that we take our experiences with men and relate those experiences to how God would act um, without realizing that he always keeps his word. He's always faithful. Um, the Bible says somewhere, I believe it's Isaiah. I could be wrong about that. I'll have to find it. It says... Um, even if we're faithless, he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. When um, a scripture, Paul may know this scripture, but, you know, um, the Bible says that um, he, he swore by himself um, because there was no other name to swear by when he was making a covenant with Abraham. And then it said he exalted his own word above his name. Um Jesus being the word of God. Corinthians, I have no idea where it's at, um, guess. Um, I'll have to find it and like post it in a few minutes during the break. Um, where were we? But expectations. Um, you know what, let's do this. If you if you go to Genesis, I, I want to point something out here, which is I, I thought was interesting. I was reading through the scripture, and um, it's funny that um, something Chris talked about once on one of the shows was that, and that we had mentioned before, is that a lot of times, and I hope, I really, I hope that there's someone that that this is all for. So we'll see what the Lord does. Um, Sometimes there's things that you feel or there's a place that you feel the Lord wants you to be. There's something that you're trying to get through. There's a mountain or an obstacle or there's a place on the other side of where you're at that you think that you need to be and you're just wondering how to get there. Um, There's a blessing that's waiting for you. But sometimes those blessings and the victory and the breakthrough don't just happen automatically but there is something that needs to happen, which is there's some type of obedience that the Lord Lord needs on your behalf. 
that there is a blessing for you on the other side of your obedience. There is a promise to be fulfilled on the other side of your obedience. You know, the Bible says, honestly, I don't know where. Um, it says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Um, and it's true. You know, we need to be. We need to constantly strive to be obedient to the voice of the Father when He tells us to do something, because you don't have any clue at times when the Lord tells you to do something necessarily why He's telling you to do something. Um, Chris and Tracy, his wife, could testify on more than one occasion the Lord spoke to them and said, "You need to get in your car. You need to drive over here to this place and go to this street and wait." And they're like, okay, we're, I guess we will. And they'll go out there and they'll be looking around. And next thing you know, they'll run into someone who they had been praying for that day. Um, a good example, which I, I may have told, told, said before on one of the broadcasts, is that there was a period of time many years ago when um, me and Chris had lost contact. Um, and I had been praying for Chris off and on. Um, just because I hadn't seen him, didn't know what was happening in his life. And I was driving along the highway um, in in, Dal in Dallas, Texas, on this one highway called 635. And true story, I'm driving down the road, and um, this little red sports car, I believe it was red, had a flat tire in the middle of the highway. And they immediately pulled over to the side. And I'm, like, right behind this car, and for some strange, crazy reason, I had this thought, maybe they need a spare tire or they need something. And normally I wouldn't just pull over, but I just felt it in my spirit I needed to pull over. And so I did. No, I mean, and usually when something, I guess some, some kind of impression on my heart, I can, if it's not the Lord, I can usually, usually dismiss it and say, nah, it's not a big deal. But usually when the Lord puts something on your heart, it doesn't go away at all. And so I pulled over my car, behind this car. I get out of my car, and the door to this little red sports car opens up, and guess who pops out? Chris Herzog, who I had not seen in years, who I had just been praying for. Why did I pull over? Because the Lord spoke to me to pull over. Um, and I, don't, I didn't have any clue when the Lord said, when I, when I felt that I needed to pull over to the side of the road, why I was doing it, but the Lord knew. Not only that, the Lord had to put us both on the same highway together, which if, if you ever, have ever been in Dallas, Texas, um, the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are on the highways at any point in time, the chance of finding anyone is literally, it's an act of God, period. Um, but literally, the Lord arranged for both of us to be on the same highway at the same time, right behind, right in front and in back of each other, in cars that neither one of us had seen the other one in, and then had him have a flat tire and have me, and then tell me to pull over just so we could reconnect. I mean, we didn't meet that way, but um, literally... Um, We've, we found each other again that way. But, I mean, and so when the Lord speaks to you, um, you don't always know why he says things. Um, you know, I was going back into Genesis um, and the whole thing about obedience. Um, and so I'm going to give you my interpretation of obedience here. 
um, through the life of Abraham. Um, and this is, some of it's um, sort of a revelation, some of it's just what the scripture says. But, you know, in um, Genesis chapter 12, it says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, this is before he changed his name. Um, and you know what's interesting about that first scripture? And the Lord had said to Abram, later he's going to go on to be called Abraham, which is father of many nations. And, you know, the Bible says that he's written our names on the palm of his hands. And the Lord has called you by name. Um, and it's not always the name you used to be known as in your old life. Um, but there is a name for you that the Lord has inscribed on the palm of his hands. And whatever the purpose you may have thought you had, the identity you thought you had before you met the Lord gets completely changed and morphed through the Lord. Um, and the plans and purposes for your life are exponentially increased through the Lord. But anyway, um, he said, he told Abraham, get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, before this, um, and this is pretty much a little bit after the flood, there is absolutely no record of God ever saying anything to Abram. Nothing. No, Abram had this great relationship with the Lord. Abram served the Lord all this time. And we assume he did because he heard the voice of the Lord. But all of a sudden, the Lord shows up to Abram, and he's all comfortable. He has all his stuff set up. He has his um, his houses and his camels and his family, and everything's great. And he's just relaxing one day, and the Lord shows up and says, Abraham, Abram, get out of here. I'm going to bless you. Leave and leave all this behind, and go to a place that I'm going to show you. The Lord didn't even tell him where he was going. He just said, like, go that direction, and I will explain it all later on, but I'm going to bless you. And so Abraham it said Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him and lot with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 75 years old without a child. I mean, nowadays, I think it's almost literally impossible for someone 75 to have a child. Um, but the Lord has promised him that um, through him all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. Um, but he hasn't had a child yet. And it says he took, in verse 5, he took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son. Don't know why in the world. I still have not figured out why he took Lot. Um, when the Lord said, um, don't take leave your family behind. I mean, I'm assuming God knew for him to take his wife because they were one flesh. They're theoretically one person, according to the Bible. Um, but nowhere do where the Lord said, when he said, leave your family behind, he didn't say, leave your family behind, except for your brother's son. Take him. But the Lord didn't say that, but Abraham took him anyway. And they, all their possessions they had gathered and their people. And um, then in verse 7, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. And then it said he moved from there to the mount east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent in Bethel, and then he ended up going south. Um, he ran into some trouble with Egypt. 
um, lied a little bit about his wife, Sarah, being his sister. And then sooner or later, he gets to um, Canaan, and he's rich, and he has livestock. And this is where it gets interesting. Um, so the first thing that happened is the Lord told Abraham, do this, I'm going to bless you. You don't know exactly what's going to happen, but just put your trust in me. I'm going to bless you. Go this way. Leave everything behind. Follow me. Abraham's like, okay, I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to do what the Lord said. I'm going to trust him. I'm not going to do exactly what he said because I'm going to take my brother's son just because I like him. But I'm still going to trust the Lord. So maybe it's disobedience. I don't know. But he ends up getting into Egypt and getting into trouble. And then um, he gets to Canaan. And all of a sudden, there's this big, all this fight, this big fight going on between Abraham's people and Lot's people, and um, they're arguing about it. And finally, um, Abraham, Abraham's like, you know what? Let's do this. You go this way. I'll go this way. And he actually pretty much said, Lot, just pick whatever you want. Look in one direction. You can have all that. I'll go the other direction. Let's just be done with it. And he does. Lot ends up going. Um, toward Sodom, which um, if you've read Genesis, you find out what happens about that. And um, Which actually, Sodom and Gomorrah got destroyed because of sin and homosexuality and a bunch of other stuff, but Abraham still interceded on behalf of those nations. Um, and, you know, one thing about intercession, it doesn't say you're only supposed to intercede and pray for the people who are righteous. But for the nations and kingdoms that don't even know the Lord, which is what Abram did. And um, so here's what I find as interesting. In verse 14 of um, – or Genesis 13, 14, um, Lot had left him, and he's back. It's just him and his wife going the way the Lord said. And it says the Lord showed up and said to Abraham after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see I will give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Merim, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. So what we have so far is that Abraham follows the Lord, leaves his place, goes out, disobeys the Lord a little bit, takes Lot with him, causes a huge fight and all sorts of other stuff. And then the second he gets Lot out of his life and starts um, going back to the point of obedience to the Lord, the Lord shows back up and says, okay, now, look up, I'm going to bless you. And then next thing you know, um, Lot, there's some stuff with Lot getting being um, in captivity and we're going to skip over a bunch of this stuff, and we're going to get to verse 15. And um, the Lord shows up to Abram in a vision. And he says in verse 15, chapter 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Which I find that's really interesting and sort of stupid on Abram's behalf. Um, just my personal opinion, because the Lord just says, I am your shield. I'm your exceeding great reward. 
And Abram's like, okay, you know, Lord, I, I understand all that. You're my exceeding great reward, but what are you, what are you going to give me? What am I going to get out of this? After the Lord just told him that he himself was Abram's exceeding great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward the heaven, and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And Abram believed in the Lord, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So pay attention to that because it gets really important in a minute when it comes to obedience um, and trust in the Lord um, and the difference between our thoughts and how we want to work things out and how God wants to work them out in our lives is that the Lord said in verse 4, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. So the Lord's flat out saying, not, not a servant, not a slave, someone, your own child will be your heir. Takes him outside and says, behold, look at the stars, so shall your descendants be. But it won't be by, by someone else it's going to be because I'm going to perform a miracle in you, even though you're 70-something years old and you've never had a kid. So we, if you go over to verse 16... It says, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. So here's our first problem I see with this, is that God had just spoken to Abram and saying, it is not going to be from a maidservant, it's not going to be from a slave, it's not going to be from any of these people, but one of your own house will be your heir. And then all of a sudden time goes by and they don't see the promises of God being fulfilled yet, even though they, they trusted, like you said, he trusted the Lord. And he did at the beginning, but then time goes by and he and expectations didn't happen the way he wanted. And all of a sudden he started to maybe doubt just a little bit. You know, maybe the Lord needs a little bit of help with this. Maybe I can just, I'll just help him out a little bit, and then we're good to go. And, you know, God can't do everything he said, um, so I'll have to help him out some. Which may be what he was thinking. And so, Abram, so Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abram and to his wife after Abram. And um, blah, blah, blah. He goes in, he's... Um, him and um, Hagar have a child, and um, Sarah gets jealous um, and kicks her out, and blah, 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 and I'm saying blah, 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 because I'm skipping through a lot of this. Um, in verse 15 of, of chapter 16 of Genesis, Hagar bore Abram a son and named his son Ishmael. Verse 17, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am Almighty God. Now notice again, he disobeys the Lord again because he doesn't trust him. 
And when Hagar was gone from his life, um, the Lord shows up again. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you. And kings shall come from you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the lands of Canaan, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant and your descendants after you through, through their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. Um, the Lord talks about circumcision. And then in verse 15, then God said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah, Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings and people shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 99 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. And you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall have twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. So, Pretty much the short end of it is Abraham's like 99 years old. Now he's way, way past the time to have a child. And he's, he had this period of time where he was starting to doubt the word of God, and he goes into um, his wife's maid and has a child by her. And he's like, Lord, I know you said that through me and through my own air from my own body that all the nations are going to be blessed, but... Can't I, I don't see how it's possible. I don't see how you can do it. Let's do it this other way. And God said, no. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's a verse later on in scripture. I'm just throwing that one in there. Um, and if you keep reading um, in the paraphrase in um, chapter 18, um there's the whole issue with Sodom and Gomorrah where Lot went um, that gets destroyed and Abraham intercedes for it and and it gets destroyed in chapter 19 and um, then in verse t chapter 21 of um, Genesis 
Sarah actually had a child named Isaac, which is whom the genealogy of Christ comes from. And so here's the point. Um, a lot of us do the same thing that Abraham did, is that the Lord gives us promises, um, or we see scriptures, even, no matter what it is, whether it's for our future or maybe it's for healing. And, you know, you know the scripture says that by his stripes we're healed, and but you have something like cancer or AIDS or who knows what it is. and Or maybe you're missing a limb, and you're like, okay, God, I know you created everything. I know you promised that your word says that by your stripes I'm healed, but I just don't know. Or maybe the Lord says something to you and and the Lord said that he that you're he wants to take you somewhere but you've been trying to help him along or you don't believe it's gonna be exactly like you said, so you try to make a shortcut and you try to help the Lord out because you've just somehow lowered your expectations on what's possible with the Lord. But as Abraham learned when God makes a promise Bible says he's not he's not a man that he should lie. Every he said every word that comes from my mouth or will not return to me void, but will accomplish that for which I sent it. That's in Isaiah somewhere. Hi, Sean. And, yes. Not to interrupt you. Yes, sir. Um, the young lady from Singapore has to go in fifteen minutes. And she wants us to pray regarding her doctor's visit. She needs prayer that God give her finances to go consult a doctor. Okay? Okay. All right. Well, let's pray. Um, Do you want to pray, Paul? Sure. Um, um, Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father... We thank you, Lord God, that you have given us this platform to reach out to the lost. Lord God, as we come in agreement, your word says, if two or three shall gather as touching anything, then it shall be done of the Father who is in heaven. Lord God, as we call out to your angels, your word says in first Hebrews chapter one of Hebrews chapter verse fourteen, Heavenly Father, that by salvation that you do provide as angels. As we stand in a gap, Heavenly Father, according to your word in Ezekiel twenty two and thirty, I ask Heavenly Father that you hear our prayers, O oh Lord, regarding your daughter whom resides in Singapore, Heavenly Father. Lord God, as we stand in the gap, we call on your name. Your word says that whatsoever we ask for, that you will provide it, that you will do it in John fourteen fourteen. Heavenly Father, your word says in Mark 16 and 17, and these signs 
will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they recover. As we lay hands on your daughter, though she needs the finances to see a doctor, your word says in 1 Peter 2.24 that by Jesus' stripes she's healed. Lord God, I stand on Matthew 8, centurion faith, as it reads in verses 5 through 8. But the centurion who came up to Jesus, who had a servant who needed to be healed, Jesus marveled at him because he did not even want him to go to his house because he did not feel he was worthy. Maybe our guest on the show does not believe that we're worthy to come to Singapore. But, Lord God, we stand on centurion faith with all the miracles that you have used through us, for all the miracles that you have performed in our life, Heavenly Father. Your word says that in the name of Jesus, every name, that every knee shall bow of the things in heaven and the things of the earth and things under the earth. Lord God, your word says in Psalms 103 that blessed the Lord on my soul and forget not his benefits, that he who forgiveth my iniquities, he healeth all diseases. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by the blood of Jesus, we have a blood bought right, Abba Father, that we stand in the agape love that you provide us. Your word says that our sins will be as white as snow. As we call on your angels, Heavenly Father, we ask, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you send the Lord of the harvest to Singapore, Heavenly Father. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you send your supernatural angels of strength Heavenly Father, your word says in Matthew 26, but Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place, for all who take up the sword will perish by the sword. He asked him, or do you think that I cannot pray to my Father and that he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? A legion it's 6,000 angels. That's 72,000 plus angels, the Bible says. So, Father, because your word says that you're not a man that you shall lie, and that every word that protrudes your mouth, that it shall prosper in the things that you send forth, Heavenly Father. Lord God, I gather, as everybody puts their hands in the air towards Singapore, which is just south of Malaysia, Heavenly Father, as we lift our hands up to Singapore, to the heart of Singapore, the Singapore River, Lord God, just a little bit northeast of the Marina Bay Reservoir, Heavenly Father, as we focus on Singapore in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Father, that you send your ministering angels to our guests from Singapore that you give her an uplifting, that upon your wings, Heavenly Father, she will find shelter. Your word says if two or three of us shall gather, that it shall be done. As we all send our hands 
that that anointing power that you give us, Heavenly Father, as it says in Acts 1-8, that you will give us the power to preach for Judea, Samaria, and to all ends of the world. As we pray for Singapore, we ask you, Heavenly Father, as your Christian daughter, that your believer, this is your clay, Heavenly Father. You are the potter. We ask you, Heavenly Father, that you give her an uplifting, that you provide her the financials. But, Heavenly Father, the financials that you give her, she will not need for the doctor because your word says that anything we ask, it shall be done, Heavenly Father. Your word says, Heavenly Father, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for her in Singapore, that whosoever believe in you, Heavenly Father, they will not perish, but they would have everlasting life, Heavenly Father. So, as we all stand in the gap, I ask everyone, because it says in 2 Timothy 1.6, that he reminds us to stir up the gift of God which is in us. That Holy Ghost Spirit, that gift of healing, Heavenly Father, that we send forth the angels with the gifts because every word that proceeds our mouth, Heavenly Father, you will take care of it. Heavenly Father, wherever your daughter hurts, I ask her to lay her hands on her body. We bind and we curse that spirit of affirmity, I command you, Spirit, to go in Jesus' name and be healed. Lord God, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So what I would like for you to do, um, is in a minute I would like to pray for Prophetus. Sharita, I was talking to Chris about her last night. Chris got a word for God from God, which was directly in line um, with her situation. As anyone that is in, God bless Singapore. We love you, doll. Um, I know it's daytime there. Um, so it's probably in Singapore. It's got to be close to noontime. Anytime somebody's in ministry, Sharita um, has the gift of deliverance. And uh, obviously, with a gift like that that God has given her, you know, the enemy's coming against her with church members and what have you. So um, if you would, um, Sean. Yes. Speak a prayer over Sharita Bering. If you look at her, um, if you go to her Blog Talk Radio profile, which is really important that anyone that's listening, when we can go to your Blog Talk Radio profile, um, it um, um, gives us a little bit of idea about y'all. You know, that way we can pray in line with God's word according to who you are. And, of course, you know, as Christopher, he didn't even know who she was or or, or, or her. He knew who she was, but he didn't know her circumstances. And God gave him a prophetic word last night. Um, 
Yeah, it's one twenty-two Thursday afternoon in um, Singapore. Singapore, God bless, and we will continue rising, um, lifting you up in our prayers. God bless. Okay, John. Okay, and we actually have someone who's calling in. Um, I'm thinking they may be calling in for prayer, but let's pray for um, Sharita first. Um, Father, in the name of Jesus. Do you want to? What? Do you want to speak to the person in the screening room first, and I'll pray for Sharita? Yeah, let's do that. Let me go find out um, if they're calling in for prayer, and then I'll be right back, okay? Sharita? Um, are you still with us? Well, regardless, we're just going to stand on Matthew 8. My mother-in-law, her name is Delia, and my mother-in-law, along with my mother, prayed for me for years. Uh, my mother-in-law comes from Mexico, and she just don't believe in taking pills. Uh, she's 74 years old. Um, after a lot of years of prayer, uh, me and her daughter finally settled in and confessed our sins and become believers. God parked us in a Pentecostal church. Um we were going to churches that when we arrived, people were already laying in the floor. And I, just, I never could understand why people went to church to sleep. <laughs> you know, with the Holy Ghost, that's a sense of humor. They were they were just chilling in the the love of Jesus. But my mother-in-law, one night after Rodney Howard Brown, we have some listeners um, that are familiar with Rodney Howard Brown out of Tampa, Florida. We was with the Great Awakening Tour in Dallas-Fort Worth, um, 624 of us harvesters. And this is back in the day when I thought you had to pitch a tent and get the music going and all that for a miracle to happen, you know, walking just a few months in the Lord. But the Lord knew what he had plans for me, and, you know, he put me with some hardcore holy rollers. I mean, these guys were men of God. They had gifts um, that were just phenomenal and I came home Christopher was in Rhode Island and my mother-in-law I asked her in a in a amusing way was there anything that she needed God to do in her life and I had a one dollar general I had a dollar general Bible cost me a dollar and I didn't like carrying it because people used to look at me kind of funny and 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 they could see things happen in my life. Um, and, of course, a lot of people said it was called milk fire because me and my wife was on fire for God. Um, God was just performing miracles. I mean, you, I could touch my hand on you and just the anointing of God flowing through my hands. You could feel the heat. So I asked my mother-in-law if there was anything she wanted God to do. My mother-in-law you know, kind of teared up, and my mother-in-law had problems with her eyes because she said when she was in the shower, 
she couldn't read whether she was picking up shampoo or conditioner. And I told her I felt like the problem was it wasn't that she could read shampoo or conditioner. If she's like any other woman that I know, they think they got to have seven conditioners and ten shampoos <laughs> on the wall. Okay? So I thought that we needed to pray for uh, regarding the abundance of bottles on the wall. And <laughs> so it gave her some love. I showed her in the Bible what the Bible said. And I asked her, do you think I'm a man of God? Now, this is a woman who had bailed me out of jail, okay? And for those of you that may have problems with someone going to jail, well, you know, if you look in the New Testament, if you look at how many books that Apostle Paul wrote, (laughs) you know, he had an issue with going to prison. Um, And I had an issue going to jail. No felonies, just stupid. So I asked my mother-in-law, what do you want God to do for you? She said, I want God to heal my eyes. So I prayed over my mother-in-law for an hour. She couldn't read one inch. If you look, go get your, if you girls go get in your shower and go get your shampoo bottle and look at your swab bottle, if you got a bottle of swab shampoo, that ass is about an inch and a half tall. My mother-in-law couldn't read it. Okay. She couldn't read it on shampoo versus conditioner. So I got a, um, um, she didn't have oil, so I got Chris going. I lifted it up to Jesus because my Papa Moses, my spiritual father, Taku Aku Moses out of Cameroon, Africa, I lifted that bottle of oil to Jesus, and I asked him to give it the same Holy Ghost anointing that the Nile River had in the name of Jesus. And I put that on my mother-in-law's eyes. And I commanded 2020 vision. I commanded that he give her new um, optic nerve, cornea, retina, pupil, in the name of Jesus. I commanded in the name of Jesus. We called on the um, um, ministering angels, the optometrists of heaven. And I prayed over my mother-in-law's eyes for an hour from 1130 to 1230. And for some reason, after we got done praying for my mother-in-law, um, she went up. She she went over to her bathroom and she got her shampoo bottle and she started hollering for her daughter Olivia, because God healed her eyes. Um, she can actually read the little bitty letters that are a sixteenth tall in the molasses coupon section. Those little bitty little bitty letters. Um, so after that, Serena, um, my mother-in-law called us about a year later. Because she had uh, abscess wisdom tooth or an abscess molar, went to the dentist. Dentist took X-rays, sent her over to the oral surgeon, and they were going to have to do a root canal. Gave her some antibiotics. She went home. They they set up an appointment with her, and uh, so she called us out where we lived, two hours from her, and she didn't want to take her antibiotics. And she said, "I need to talk to Paul." And Olivia got me on the phone. She said, well, she said, I got a dilemma. She said, my dentist wants almost $1,500. And I will get my mother-in-law on the phone here in just a bit. I'll wake her up so you can hear the testimony. Well, I didn't want to drive two hours because I knew it wasn't me. And I knew I didn't have to lay hands on her because Jesus didn't lay hands on um, 
the servant in Matthew eight eight, you know, the centurion um um the centurion servant, he just because of his faith he was healed. So I prayed Matthew eight eight over my mother in law. It was eight o'clock at night. And the Lord put my spirit to number eight, that in eight hours it'd be new beginning. That her tooth would be healed. Her face was so swollen that her eye was swollen shut. Okay? It got serious. And I told her in eight hours, I said, I want you to get up at four o'clock in the morning. And I'm going to tell you something. When you tell somebody to get up at four o'clock in the morning, that the Lord puts it in your heart, thus says the Lord. Okay? And and they get up at four thirty in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, and all that swelling and go, somebody's lying, okay? Uh, and it's not Jesus. My mother in law woke up at four o'clock in the morning, and all the swelling was gone. And she was supposed to go to the doctor on Friday. Well they got iced in in Fort Worth, so she went the following week. When she got there the following week, she said her doctor was doing investigation work in her mouth. As we got a little investigator on the line, he was doing some investigating, she said. And he said, I don't know what's going on. He said, this is your x-ray. And here, she said, your your tooth is fine. <laughs> so we stand on um, Centurion Faith tonight for you, Sharita. Sharita, I'll tell you, I do not have the credentials that you have, sweetheart, at all, Okay. I'm just a man of God that God called out of darkness into his royal priesthood. I hitched up with some men of God like Sean and Christopher, Rodney Howard Brown, Jesse Duplantis, Kenneth Copeland, Dr. Mike Simons. I mean, all of these guys, all these prosperity and Holy Ghost laying hands on people falling out in the power of God. And I saw them doing it, and I started doing it. And it, 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 it uh same results they were getting is the same results I had. And, you know, I didn't know any scripture in the Bible, okay? Just God knew that my past was I sold dope, and now I sell hope. And all the good things in my past, he turned in for his glory, okay? And a lot of guys out there won't sit out there and say that, but in Revelations it says that it's, a, it's by, the blood, by the blood of the Lamb and the words of your testimony that sets you free, Amen. So I want to pray for you, Sharita, because I know what God has done in my life, he'll do the same for you. Heavenly Father, hey, I tell you what, uh, Sean, Sean, why don't you pray for Sharita right quick, and let me um, get on the horn here and see if I can't get a testimony on the line. I want these girls to hear what my mother-in-law has to say. Is that okay? Okay, and what's going on with Sharita? Uh, just you know, typical ministry sometimes, you know, where the devil's trying to separate the church and, you know, uh, okay. she's in deliverance and other things. Uh, just pray what the Lord puts on your heart. I'll be right with you. Okay, Sarita. For all y'all who are listening, um, we're going to come in together for agreement for Sarita right now. Um, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, um, you know all the details, and we don't even need to know them. Father, we don't have to know anything that's going on because you know every thought, Lord. Father, you know everything that's happening in her life right now, Lord. 
So, Father, in your name, Father, according to your word, Lord, I ask that you would strengthen her with my, through your spirit and her inner man, Father. Father, give her strength, Father. Your word declares that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk in that faith, Father. So, Holy Spirit, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we ask for a spirit of peace and tranquility upon Sharita, Lord, in your name, Father. Lord, that in your name you would quicken her discernment, Father. Give her a spirit of discernment. Father, open her spiritual eyes, Father, to see all these situations, Lord, as you see them, Father. We rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every lying, deceptive tongue, we command you to go and we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Every dividing force, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of doubt, every spirit of fear, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus and command you to leave. Every spirit that would attempt to bring confusion and division into her ministry, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus and command that you go. Father, Lord, we pray that you would establish Sharita, Lord, in your truth, Father, right now, Father. Lord, that you would draw men to her side, Father, men and women of character, Father, men and women who are intercessors to pray, Father. Lord, that you would raise up intercessors, Father, for her ministry, Lord. Intercessors to pray not only for her ministry, Father, but those who will stand in the gap for her, Father. Lord, we ask that... Father, increase that faith that she has, Lord. Increase that joy that she has in your presence, Father. Your word declares in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Father, your word declares that you are our exceeding great reward, Lord. So, Father, fill her up with your spirit, Lord. Fill her up with your spirit, Father. Soak her in your presence, Father. Let the very atmosphere around her be filled with your presence, Father. Lord, give her discernment. Give her insight, Father. Give her wisdom and understanding, Father. Your word declares if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and you'll give to all liberally and without reproach, Father. So, Lord, we're asking for you to increase her wisdom, Father. Increase her ability to hear your voice, Father. Increase her ability to understand the plans that you have laid out for her, Father. Your word declares that a man will plan his ways, but you will direct his steps. And you said the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord, Father. So, Holy Spirit, reveal your word to her. Take the scripture and make it alive to her. Give her fresh revelation, Father. Speak to her in dreams and visions, Father. In the night and in the day, Father. Start speaking or take her to a new level in your spirit. Take her to a new level, Father, in her relationship with you above the clouds, Father, above the things of this world, Father. Father, let your voice be the loudest thing she hears right now, Lord. Help her to hear your voice through all the waves, Lord. Father, no matter how high the mountains look, Father, let her know As your scripture said, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Father, your word declares that not only is she the head and not the tail, but you said that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Father, reveal to her. 
give her revelation. As your scripture said, that she is seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Father, you said that she has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, Father. So, Lord, quicken her eyes right now, Father, to look and see, Father, your presence and your spirit around her, Father. In the name of Jesus. Our call-in number, 619-638-8458. We're going to take a really quick break, and we'll be right back. Are you already back, Paul? Yeah, my mother-in-law happened to be up as she was in the kitchen, and she answered the phone, so I told her I was going to call her right back and bring her on the air so she could tell everybody what the Lord did for her. She's 73 years old. She still works full-time, runs the dry cleaners. You ready? I'm ready. Bring her in. Okay. Awesome woman. <laughs> hey, you know they're awesome when they bail you out of jail, right? Amen for that. Hey. Hello. How you doing? Fine. Well, um, we wanted to bring you live on the air. Um, uh-huh. Prayer International, Block Talk Radio. Uh-huh. Um, I was telling everybody about how God aligned me with you, a woman who bailed me out of jail, uh-huh. and then we um, somehow God just so happened to get hold of us, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and how we uh, went out there. You remember when we went to when I was stayed out there, and we went for a week with Rodney yes. Howard Brown doing harvesting every day. Yes. You remember when I came home that night, and I all pumped up. Um, Christopher was out in Rhode Island uh-huh. and I asked you if, if there was anything you wanted God to do for you and I showed you in the Bible where it said he'd heal you and you told me that you want me to pray for your eyes yes I did why is it that you wanted us to pray for your eyes you re- you remember well I couldn't see all that good I wore glasses and I couldn't see the small print on magazines or bottles Medicine what kind, bottles or whatever. What kind of bottles? Oh, shampoo bottles or, or my medicine bottles. I couldn't see them that well. You, you, do you remember how long we, you remember how I, that was back when I thought I used to have to set up a tent and pray for hours, remember? I remember. <laughs> um, when God healed your eyes, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um. And about a year later, do you remember you called me uh-huh. in Olivia when we lived in Farmersville, and um, you had an abscess tooth and your face was all swollen? And uh, yes, I remember that very well. <laughs> it was eight o'clock at night, um, and I told you that the Lord told me to give it eight hours to get up at four o'clock in the morning, all the swelling will be gone. Uh huh. You remember that? Yes, I do. Give us a little rundown of what happened when, if you were just to kind of help you out, because your memory not be that great, but you remember when you were supposed to go to the doctor, the dentist? Uh, I did. I went to the dentist, and 
my regular dentist, and uh, he checked me out, told me which tooth needed to be pulled, and sent me to another doctor, the one that was going to pull my tooth, and he went and he checked me out, and he said, uh, I don't see nothing wrong with your tooth. He hit on it. He put cold packs on it. He did everything, and I told him exactly what the other doctor said. It's number five. That's the one you have to pull. He said, no, there's nothing wrong with it, and I said, okay, then you call him and tell him, and he did. He called him and said, there's nothing I can do with that tooth. It's okay, and I still have my tooth. <laughs> now, uh, did, did, did they do x? They did X-rays. Oh yeah, they did uh, all the X-rays. You remember what they was wanting to charge you? Oh my, it was a whole lot. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, I was telling everybody how you didn't like taking pills. Oh no, I still don't. <laughs> you know, and. Um, we didn't want to drive all the way to Fort Worth for prayer when it's not us that's doing it, it's Jesus. So right. you remember you remember I told you we're gonna stand on Matthew eight eight about the centurion. Uh-huh. You know, the centurion was the the gentleman in the Bible that wanted he hooked up with Jesus, ran up and caught up with him, and he told Jesus he wanted him to come out because his his servant was sick. Uh-huh. And when Jesus said, Well, let's go, you know, Kind of paraphrase, he picked up his Coleman lantern in his tent to go on down the road. Um, you know, the, the centurion was like, "No, no, no!" You know, uh, you know, you can't come to where I live. You know, we're not worthy. And um, so he said, "You just tell me that he's healed, and I, and I know he'll be healed." And um, so, um, sure enough, he was healed. So rather than us drive all the way two hours to Fort Worth, we just stood him. Centurion faith that night. Right. So, I guess now that God's healed two, healed you twice. I guess you know who to call. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. And where do you live? Where do I live? Uh huh. Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Yes. Uh, where's your family from? Uh, y'all from the like U.S. Uh, uh, what what languages do you speak? I always speak Spanish. My husband's from Mexico, and I was born here. So we both speak the same language, Spanish, English. Hallelujah. Don't have the gift of tongues yet, though, yet, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. Olivia does, though, huh? Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, hey, Sean. Yes, uh-huh. sir. Um. While we have her on the air, her name is Delia. Um, I know my father-in-law, um, he would like for you to pray over his finances. Though the Lord has uh-huh. blessed him richly, he came from Mexico and um, worked at John L. Ash. And, you know, the Lord's, I mean, really poured into their life. Um, but if you would, pray for my mother-in-law, Delia, and Mario. Um, and they got a new grandbaby on the way now, so just give them a prayer before we close the radio show in 13 minutes. Okay. So it's Del- and okay, so Delia and Mario. And okay, so Mario finances and what is what does she need? 
What kind of prayer do you, What kind of prayer would you like him to pray for you, Dan? Oh, good health. I'm seventy five. My husband's seventy six. He's got a yes, right now he's got a very bad cold. Okay. Wow. So we got a for our health. And we got a couple of prayer requests in the prayer room and we have Anthony on the line as well. So let's just start this off, Father. Oh, God, you are so good. Father, you are amazing, Lord. You're worthy of all the praise. Father, you're worthy of all the glory and of all the honor, Lord. So, Father, as all of us tonight here in the United States and across the world are gathered together, Father, in your name and agreement according to your word, Lord, knowing that your word is true, Father, knowing that you're not a man that you should lie, Father. Lord, knowing that your word said that whatever things we ask you, Father, that you will do, Lord. So, Father, for um, Delia and her husband, Lord, <laughs> Father, seven, their 70s is a young age, Father. Lord, as we have seen with, with Abraham, Father, those you bless can live an exceedingly long life, Father. Your word declares that we should prosper even on our, our souls prosper, Father. So, Father, right now we ask supernaturally, Lord, number one, Father, that you would regenerate both of them, Father. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint, Father. Give them the strength. Give them the endurance. Give them the spirits of people in their 50s, Lord. Let them start feeling as if they were only 50 years old, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would... Increase their knowledge to you, Father, even now, Father. You reveal yourself to them even more in a personal way, Lord. Open their spiritual eyes, like it says in Ephesians, that the eyes of their hearts would be flooded with light, Lord, that they would know what is the hope of their calling, Father. Father, reveal yourself to both of them, Lord. Reveal to them the plans that you still have for their life, Father. As you said in Corinthians, that I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things that you have prepared for those that love you. Father, you said that you were able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, Father. So even now, Father, we ask that you would keep accomplishing your work in them, Father, until the day of Christ, Lord. Father, bring them joy and peace through your Holy Spirit, Father. Father, that right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, you would fill daily with every spiritual gift, Father, every spiritual gift, Lord, that you would pour upon our Lord. Holy Spirit, just pour out spiritual gifts upon our Lord. Father, for their finances, Lord. Father, we know that we trust you in everything, Lord. Father, we know that you are our provision, Father. We know that you are our strength, that you are Jehovah Jireh, our Lord God who provides. So, Father, increase their faith, Father. Give them a supernatural spirit of faith, Lord, and trust in you for their finances, Father. Lord, and we ask that you would continually bless them, Father, that the blessing would overtake them from the north, the south, the east, and the west, Father, that you would cause blessings to be multiplied and multiplied and multiplied in both of their lives, Father. Lord, give seed to the sower, Father. Lord, increase the wealth that they have, Father, so they can be a blessing to others, Lord, in the name of Jesus. 
Father, for Antarctica. We'll do two All right, more. Julia. Uh, good night. We love you, Mom. Okay, and thank you very much. All right, bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. All right, so we have um, Anthony on who's on the line and um he's in he's in the screen he's in the listening room and he needs a prayer for his job and some stuff that's going on. And then um Antarctica in the chat room needs some teeth prayers. So um it happened for your mom and the Lord healed her eyes. And the Lord yes, healed my mother in law. Oh mother in law, okay. And the Lord healed your teeth. So um, let's pray for Antarctica for her teeth, and then we need to pray for Anthony for his job, to, for the Lord to give him wisdom about what to do with his job situation. Um, so do you want to pray? Okay. Um, I'm, I saw Chris sign on. Is Chris signed on with you? Is that uh, – I guess probably him, guest. Yeah. Um. I think he just probably pulled on. Good afternoon, Chris. Okay. Well, Father God, the same Jehovah Jireh, our provider, the same Jesus that we called on in 2008 to heal my lovely, lovely, beloved mother-in-law, Delia. Hallelujah. Lord God, I thank you that after 43 years of walking in the world in disobedience, that when I called on your name, you chose to use me for whatever reason. Heavenly Father, as we minister with Wendy and Will, um, this family in need of prayer for their finances, um, binding and cursing of the devil, of Satan, and his works against him, all the hindering forces, Heavenly Father. Lord God, I come to you, and I earnestly pray that God's will be done in everything in these lovely people's lives out of Fort Myers, Florida. According to Matthew 6.10, Heavenly Father, I love them as brothers and sisters. I obey the law of love. I love the Lord, and I love my neighbor, my neighbor, as I love myself. And these are our neighbors. Heavenly Father, as Wendy lays hand on her mouth, Heavenly Father, Lord God, I bind and I curse the spirit of infirmity in her mouth. I bind and I curse tooth decay. I bind and I curse any informalities of her mouth, Heavenly Father, and I cast it to the sea in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, the same ministering angels that I call upon in heaven, the dentists of heaven, the oral surgeons of heaven, the orthodontists of heaven. Heavenly Father, we ask that you send your angels to Fort Myers, Florida, to Wendy and Will. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you renew them 
In the name of Jesus, just like you renew the wings of an eagle. Heavenly Father, your word says in Psalms 103.3 that you heal all diseases. Whatever her needs are, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, I speak to you. We call on your name. We speak a creative miracle in the mouth of Wendy in the name of Jesus, that every tooth, every enamel, all the pulp, all the roots in the name of Jesus, we speak a supernatural healing miracle in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, um, if you want to pray for the young man that needs a job, the job that the Lord will open up doors because he is the Lord of finances. Okay, Anthony, are you still there? Hello? Well, he don't have hey, to Anthony. be there. God will help him wherever he is while he's driving down the road. Hey, Anthony, you still with us? He's on the. He was on the line. So, um. Okay, so Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, in that amazing, amazing name of Jesus, Father. Lord, um, Father, he said he's having issues at his job, Lord, and we don't even know the details, Father, but once again, Lord, you do, and so we don't need to. So, Father, we ask for your will to be done, Father. Lord, your will to be done in his financial situation, Lord. You are the God of provision, Father. You are the God of opportunities. You are the God of possibilities, Lord. Father, Quicken his knowledge, Father. Give him discernment, Father, and the steps that he should take, Father. Reveal to him what your plan and purpose is for this season in his life, Father. Let him not move to the left. Let him not move to the right, Father. But let him be focused on you, Father. You said to let this word, to meditate on your word day and night, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success, Father. You said, do not fear nor be dismayed, for you are with us wherever we go, Father. For Anthony, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father. Lord, that you would bless him, Father. Multiply him, Father. Give him favor in the workplace where he's at, Lord. Let all the people around him see Christ Jesus in him, Father. Give him supernatural favor, Lord, with his supervisors, with his employers, Father. With all the people he's working with, Father. With the customers, Lord. In your name, Father. And direct him in the in the way that you want him to go, Father. If you don't want him to be at this job but another job, Father, we ask for a promotion and an increase, Father. For divine divine revelation. Father, divine revelation, supernatural appointments to be set up for him in your name, Lord. Amen. Well, this is um Prayer International Radio. We had about a minute left. Um our call in number is 619-638-8458. Um, if you need prayer after the broadcast, you can always um, email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. You can go to our website, which is prayerinternational.org. And we will be back once again tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. If you have any praise reports, um, if you are healed tonight from anything, if you trust of the Lord, please email us and let us know about it. Um, so for Paul and everybody else um, here at Prayer International Radio, we just ask that the Lord would bless every single one of you and give you revelation into his presence, give you revelation into his word through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless everybody. <laughs>